Welcome back to the Ask Different Podcast. This is episode number 25, recorded March 19th, 2012. I'm Kyle Cronin. I'm Nathan Greenstein. And I'm Mike Bradshaw. And we are back again for a special, not kind of special, but just, it, it, it's an iPad episode. iPad uh, 3, well, not really. I, the, new the new iPad. <laughs> it feels special to me. Well, I, no, I'm not saying it's not special, it's just not 3. Ah, yes. Yes. We've had some discussions about that on the site. (laughs) (laughs) Many discussions about not only mine and a few other people's personal displeasure at the fact that they didn't number it, and also kind of throws a little bit of a wrench into our plans of how we're going to tag the iPads, because there's iPad, iPad 2, and then is the new one just iPad again? Is Is the iPad tag the tag for... Um, the first iPad, all the iPads, it's getting kind of confusing. <laughs> so what are we thinking so far? We're thinking it's currently new iPad, but we might change it to iPad third generation. And another idea that's been tossed around is just using the generic iPad tag if the generation doesn't matter, and then including a iPad 1, iPad 2, iPad 3, or iPad first, second, third in the body for, of the question or as another tag? E- either way, I, I think as another tag would be easier for sorting stuff, but it could probably be fine practically um, in the body, just because as long as the information's there. And for tag filtering, it doesn't really matter, since I doubt anyone's going to favorite iPad 1, but not iPad 3. Well, I have, for example, in my tags, I have new iPad as a favorited tag, because you know if someone's asking about the new iPad... I've got, I've got it, so yay me. Um, I, I want to be able to see those questions and answer them, um, but I don't necessarily want to see questions about all iPads or the other iPads. So I do see there is a bit, there is a little bit of a value to having individual tags for individual products, um, but we're still sort of kind of figuring this one out. And um, personally, I'm I am kind of leaning toward a similar system, Nathan, where we have iPad for the whole lineup and then iPad first generation, second generation, third generation. Although Apple themselves call the iPad two like the the official name is the iPad two second generation. There's like two twos in there. It's just a little messed up. It's really <laughs> awkward, is what it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you look at the their on their store pages. Uh, and the products that things are compatible with, you see something that's, oh, this is compatible with iPad first generation, iPad two, second generation, iPad third generation. It's like... Makes you think there what? was a first generation of the iPad two. Well, yeah. And also you, you kind of, you're looking at it, you're like, I think that's a typo. Oh, wait, <laughs> did they mean to do that? <laughs> yeah, I think this is the uh, <clears throat> quintessential like inside baseball question. It's, you know, everybody who writes about Apple products or is, you know, moderating a, a, a discussion board or trying to uh, classify these things. We've all got this problem. And um, someone had, had remarked that, uh, you know, the average person, they're just, where's, where's the new iPad? Is that the new iPad? So it's it, it's kind of funny how common usage is, you know, very clear. But when you try to, you know, have a, a filtering mechanism or a tagging mechanism, we're tripping over the, you know, what is the name? What is... The interesting part about that is that I found at school, someone has their new iPad out and they're playing with it. And then someone else says, Ooh, is that the iPad three? And they, and then the person who owns it has to say, no, it's not the iPad three. It's just the iPad. So it it actually has come up pretty much every time someone's had an iPad out today, it came up. What is it actually called for, for normal consumers? These people aren't particularly yeah, Apple enthusiasts or anything like that. And even normal people are tripping over exactly what it's supposed to be called. In fact, the first, because because every single time they mentioned the new iPad um, in the presentation, it was like capital T, lowercase h-e, space, lowercase n-e-w, you know, it was always the new iPad. I thought that that was like the official product name. So, like, y- you would have sentences that went like, oh, I went down to the store and bought a, the new iPad with two articles in there. Because that would be the official product name. It just seems so bizarre to me. I think you must be the uh, the target market for that presentation, Kyle, for it to, to be embedded that deeply after, well, was it after uh, an hour? 
<laughs> yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, I follow all the all the live blogs, so I see all the screenshots um, from the presentation or the screenshots, uh, photos for, of the slides, uh, and you, you see the stuff there. And then later on in the day, I rewatch it because they post it for download. So I basically go through it twice, and in both, it's it was always the new iPad, and you go to the website, it's the new iPad. So I thought at least for a little while, that it wasn't simply iPad. It was the new iPad. Um, I don't know. It's it's a little bit of a pet peeve of mine that they're sort of going in this direction, but I can sort of see why they have just to sort of um, reduce the desire to compare them based on their version numbers. I don't know. So first, the announcement. Um, Retina Display, LTE, Great camera on the back. What else was there? Thicker. Same, what, <laughs> thicker, yes. Thicker, heavier. <laughs> uh, same battery life, actually, which is kind of surprising given both the Retina and LTE. Um, the voice dictation, I, I think, is a very attractive feature. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just really enamored with it so far. Yeah, for some reason, I just, like, mentally, I, I sort of block out software features as, like, real features of new hardware products. Like for me, I know the, the, the iPhone 4S is the only product that has Siri, but to me, Siri is not really a feature of, of the hardware. It's kind of like, it's just another part of the operating system because I suspect that they're going to bring Siri full Siri to, I don't know, uh, to future products, um, in, in even potentially in other product lines it sort of escapes me as, as an actual feature, but you're right. It is, it is a feature of the, of the product as a whole. The fact that, that you can do dictation on the, uh, I was going to say the iPad three on the new iPad. (laughs) Well, I, I think you're, you're not alone. Um, you know, you know, I've heard it in conversations and also seen it on the site where a lot of people are, um, you know, pretty agitated. Why isn't Siri on this? Why can't Siri go to the other hardware? And, um, you know, I think it harkens back to, you know, design is how it works. And uh, Apple really blurs the line between, you know, what is a hardware function? And is there a DSP chip in there that's doing some uh, some voice processing or noise canceling or noise isolation? And then also with the, the lock into the cloud, um, you know, there's a really good... Uh, you know, question, does it work when there's no network connection? And, you know, the answer is no, it, it, it needs that cloud server. So this feature, you know, this voice dictation is really hardware and software and server as far as, you know, we know. So voice dictation does require a network connection on the iPad? <clears throat> yes, it's, it's, it's pretty slick. If you go into airplane mode, the actual icon goes away. Oh, and that's... if you then, you know, disable airplane mode, um, you know, it takes a little while for your, your, your Wi-Fi or your, you know, 3G to, to 4G as, uh, as may be to kick in. And then it will actually come back. And that little, uh, the little animation is, is really quite cute of the, the little microphone, you know, nudging its way in there between the uh, space bar. Oh, so it actually appears and reappears based on your network connection? Yes, exactly. That is cool. I, I didn't know that. Um, yes, <laughs> I would be accused of, uh, of of watching Tiny Things, perhaps, by noticing that. Maybe we need a new Tiny Things thread. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> so the the final feature that we've I think forgotten is the quad core graphics, which probably my guess anyway is not really going to provide a boost. It's just going to be catching up to the higher resolution. You know, a lot of people are saying are just sort of repeating Apple's line about quad core graphics. And I don't know if this this is their way of saying that the graphics are four times as powerful than the previous iPad, iPad 2. But usually, usually in computers you have the CPU, which is a great sort of serial processor. And then you have your graphics, which is a great parallel processor. And so on, on a typical computer... Um, you'll have essentially the, the equivalent of like hundreds or thousands of quote unquote cores, uh, able to do computation in, in parallel on your graphics processor. So, so having quad core graphics, it just, it doesn't, doesn't mean much. Um, I, I'd always assumed that it meant that there were 
four distinct GPU cores or GPU units that could work, but that I've got no idea if that's actually. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, if that's if that is the case, then okay. But I mean, why not just combine them into one mega GPU unit? It's just, I mean, it's it, it would be the same circuits, I imagine. I don't know. Um, but regardless of of what it's called and what it's marketed as, it is uh, significantly beefed up graphics for presumably uh, being able to output the same kind of stuff on a screen that has four times the pixels. So I don't have one of the new iPads yet, but I think both of you do. Is that right? Well, yes. Well, we'll get to that. So, uh, um, so the presentation happened March seventh, March seventh, which was almost two weeks ago, actually. Um, did you order one immediately, uh, Mike? Um, I tried, but I was actually uh, foiled by the the rush, the uh, the online web store and the the iPhone app. Um, you know, there was a, a probably a six hour window where I I just I couldn't even get it to sign into my account. Yeah, it was weird. It was it was like the first time when I just saw the the Apple Store. It wasn't just saying oh, wasn't politely saying oh sorry, we can't do stuff. It was like throwing up these weird engine X errors. I don't know what they're using, but some some sort some sort of low level errors, something was broken on their end because presumably, I don't know if demand was so high for the device. Oh, I would, uh, I would expect, yeah, the, <laughs> the ordering engine was completely overwhelmed. You know, you, you would think that if, if there's one thing that a company would want to optimize and make sure was absolutely 100% not going to break, it's the process whereby people give you their money. <laughs> I mean, it's just a no brainer. I mean, even if it's only going to be like three days a year when you're going to hit that level of traffic, plan for it, prepare for it. You know, yeah, don't, I, don't go down when we've all got our credit cards out. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm like, I want to spend money with you and you won't take it right now. Yeah. When I got the, the iPhone 4S right after it was um, not released, well, not launched, but uh, the, the midnight release where it was actually up for sale, I bought it that morning and they were touting the whole Apple Care Plus. Is that what it was called? Apple Care Plus? Yeah. Something something like that, yeah. And you the the system for ordering that was interesting because you couldn't buy it unless you were buying it with an iPhone 4S. And interestingly, it never offered us the option to to buy that. And so what what ended up happening is we called them to say, "Okay, how do I buy this?" because we didn't want to buy the the device without getting the uh, plan and be ineligible later and their phone lines it, it didn't even say you'll be on hold for four hours it said sorry we can't take any calls right now we're too busy and yeah, then yeah and exactly then, and then later uh they sent out actually an email to us and apparently to all people who had ordered a 4s in this window it was just a plain text email it said if you are interested in purchasing the apple care plus protection plan for your iphone reply to this message and so they Similar thing happened there. Their their stuff kind of crumbled in the rush. Yeah, because what happens is when people can't get through on their computer, they're like, "Oh, gotta let's try my iPhone." Okay, no, there. Let's try my iPad. You know, and they just keep trying it from multiple devices, and finally they're like, "I'm just gonna call." And suddenly their their phone lines inundated with all these people that couldn't get through on the website. So you have one failure that's sort of compounding itself by all these people trying various other ways of routing around it. It's like, uh, you know, if, if, uh, if there's, there's a traffic blocked on, on like a highway, then everyone's trying to go through town. And then that just causes an even more of a problem. Well, here's the, here's the, the, the flip side of that is, you know, we don't normally get to to learn how the system's set up, but when things break, it's, it's often fun to look and see how they break. And, um, you know, for me, as the store started coming up again, I could go ahead and use my iPhone, um, the Apple store app, and I could actually add it to my cart and, uh, personalize it with engraving and whatever. But then when I wanted to actually switch accounts, I have one account that I use for personal use and another for work use. And I wanted this iPad to go against my work account that, uh, that, Apple ID, that accounting part was still, you know, overwhelmed or down. So 
it was pretty interesting to be able to see that there's there's different aspects to the system that were taking these orders and as you know capacity was added or a bug was fixed or you know whatever it was that allowed those orders to start flowing again there was still part of the system that was down so it's it's kind of interesting from an engineering standpoint to see how a system's put together by observing it while it's failing it's also interesting that the entire thing was down because i mean presumably if the web store was down but the payment processor or whatever was up that you would still see the same thing but when things came back online things would just start working again but it sounds like from from what you're saying that like everything went down and then they were slowly bringing all the pieces back up eventually exactly and that's that's the the same sort of thing i did when i was a systems engineer was you would you would understand the system and you would slowly bring it up and then not only are you bringing the system back up but you're dealing with the the increased load of everybody that's, you know, queued up to get through. So it's, it's, it's uh, real interesting to see a system behave under that really particular load. It would be fine handling that load normally, but when you're bringing it up, it's even more fragile. Yeah. So, uh, did you pre-order yours or did you stand in line, uh, mm-hmm. this past Friday? Oh, I wanted to stand in line, but um, I actually pre-ordered it, and because it was uh, it was engraved on the back, I was unable to ask them to do an in-store pickup. I would have much preferred having them ship it to the store, so I didn't have to wait at home for the UPS man to, you know, arrive at six or seven o'clock at night. I mean, there's there isn't a, an Apple Store employee with a little knife and a very <laughs> steady hand that can engrave one for you. <laughs> Uh, exactly. Where's our local laser etching etching <laughs> shop? Well, you, 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 they do a lot of laser etching, whatever engraving. I wouldn't be surprised if they roll out something like that to some of their stores. Oh yeah, it's. Uh, I think there's even like a like a knowledge base article or something that that um, you know, for due to the high quality, we only want the the, the tooling in the factory or something. Right, because. Um, I I live about 30 minutes away from L.L. Bean and you go there and you pick out a backpack and if you want your name and like um, stitched on there, they can do that for you like 20 minutes. They've got the whole thing set up right there and, and it's and it's really great because if you were to uh, get it from get just get a, a generic backpack from a, like a regular retailer you just don't have that option. So it's really nice to be able to actually go to the source of these things and, and get these customizations right there, uh, you know, while you're waiting. Oh, totally. And there's, I mean, in Minneapolis here, there's, you know, I can name five to 10 companies that do amazing engraving on the back of iPads. It's just, um, the Apple, um, I think it's more of a anodizing than an engraving. It, it's the same dark text as the, the iPad and the Apple logo. So it's, it's not like, it's not like it's laser etched. It's more like it's, uh, printed on. So I, I I don't know the technical um, the technical way they actually do that. It might be interesting to figure that out someday. So I, I'm just curious, sort of curious. Why did you get yours uh, engraved? Because to me, um, all, all the engraving is is it prevents you from being able to return it. I think I don't know, um, and it also reduces your resale value because it's got something engraved on it. Exactly. Um, and in my discussion with friends, they were all. It's going to be a pain to sell. It's you're not you know your resale is not as good, and um, the way it works is if you ever need a repair or something, um, you're forced with a choice, right? They, oh yeah, because they, they can't they just swap offer, it out. Exactly, they will offer a swap out, but then you lose that engraving forever. Or you can say, I need a re- you know I need a repair part that's engraved, and they will re-engrave that repair part exactly the same way as is the one I have, but then there will be a shipping delay. Um, I had this once in the past where they actually shipped it to to me directly. Um, I'm not sure if they can do an in-store pickup with that or if that would all be you know handled over the web at this point. So yeah. I'll be sure to let you guys know if I if I have to go down that road. Yeah, I'd be interested in knowing how that uh, how that whole thing works out. Um, so you stood in line uh, this past Friday, as did I. What time did you get there? Oh, I did not stand in line. I was I was oh. uh, home waiting for the delivery man. Oh, I thought you said you stood in line. Or you wanted no, to. I wanted to. You wanted to, but didn't. Okay. Well, exactly. I did. <laughs> <laughs> How was it? Um, it was actually not bad. Um, 
See, uh, two years ago, I had uh, stood in line uh, for the iPhone 4. The mall where my Apple store is located in, uh, their doors open at 6 for mall walkers. The stores normally open at 10, but the Apple store opens at 8 uh, when they're doing these big pre, you know, the big launch day sales. Um, and so for the iPhone 4, I got to the mall around like 545. There was already a huge line. Got in that line, waited, 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 waited. And as all these people that had these um, these pre-orders, in-store pickup kind of things, just kept going in and in and in. And I was just, A, kicking myself that... I didn't have a pre-order and B I was really frustrated that Apple seemed to not be taking anyone from my line. Um, and I, I, long story short, I ended up leaving after a few hours, just leaving the line, going in, playing with the device, um, and then going home, picking up, uh, the iPhone at a radio shack like two days later. So I was really Concerned that that was going to happen again this year because the iPad 3, <laughs> because the new iPad is a very, very good product. And I, I imagine there's, there is high demand for it or there would have been or whatever. Um, so I was very concerned about that happening. So I wanted to get there really early and I wanted to be prepared because also one of the things that I was um, annoyed by was the fact that I was on my feet all the time. So I went to Walmart, bought a $20 chair uh, got to the mall at three thirty. Um, oh my gosh, three a.m. <laughs> well, it, it just so happened that I I had naturally woken up around that time, um, and so so it wasn't wasn't a big deal for that. Um, and it was kind of cold and raining, <laughs> so for the first hour, I sat in my car, listened to uh, the talk show. Uh, until I saw a few people start to line up by the door. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to make sure that I actually get a decent place in line. So at about 4.30, I went and I uh, I was fourth and I, I set up my chair and sat there. And there was a little bit of an awning right by the doors. So I wasn't actually getting wet because it was it was raining, not heavily, but it was you know enough that you didn't want to sit in it for uh, an hour and a half because the doors opened at six. So I sat there with another guy who happened to be equally prepared, <laughs> uh, talked with him, talked with him a little bit about ask different and, you know, gave him one of my little moderator cards and there were, you know, a few other people started showing up and, uh, I think it was probably all in all about 20 or so, uh, by the time they opened the doors to let people in at six o'clock. And, if I'd known it was only going to be 20 people, I would have been, I would have just said, you know what, I'm just going to get there at six, not have to worry about actually waiting outside for who knows how long. Um, but I didn't know. Uh, and it was nice talking with the guy. So anyway, so I go in, they are, they already have these, um, this little line, temporary line thing set up. And, um, we all sort of get into our relative positions based on where we were standing out, outside, and then they came around and they had these little boxes with cards in them that uh, indicated the different kinds of models for the iPads. And so they said, okay, what kind of, what kind of iPad do you want? And, you know, you, you'd say the capacity, the color, and whether or not you wanted AT&T, Verizon, or Wi-Fi. And then they'd give you that card and that would guarantee you an iPad that day. So I mean, if I, if, if I wanted to, I could at that point leave and, you know, go get breakfast or whatever. But um, it would it would guarantee you an iPad that day, but it would not necessarily guarantee you any specific spot in line. So I decided to stay. Um, so, plus, so yes, can I can I ask a question? First of all, it'd be really fun to count those boxes and try to, to figure out, you know, what the supply was. But yeah. was, was there at the, um, I guess the reason I ask is um, I was out about eh, 12, 30, 1 a.m., you know, heading home the night before and stopped by one of the stores and they had... Uh, Nobody was in line, but they had two signs set out. And there was, you know, going to be a, a place to queue for the in-store pickup and a place to queue for, you know, I just, I want to buy. Did you have two queues or one? Um, they had a second queue set up, um, but 
there was only one guy in it. <laughs> so I was kind of fortunate uh, on that. And, you know, I, to, be, to be perfectly honest, I don't know if he actually had uh, an in-store pickup. Um, I think I think he said he was like a lawyer or something, that he had to be somewhere at a certain time. And therefore, you know, he needed to get it in and out right away. And I think because he's a business customer, they, you know, tend to be like, oh, yeah, anything for you. Um, because, the again, the guy that uh, that I was talking to, you know, as soon as he said, oh, yeah, I'm getting two from my business, suddenly the girl's like taking his name down <laughs> to see if, you know, they can they can be like some sort of business outreach kind of thing. So, yeah, so it was so I I was fourth in line for that. Um, I had my chair, so no, no problems there. Uh, I made sure that I hadn't uh, consumed any food or liquid for the previous like 12 hours or so just to prevent myself from needing to get up to go to the bathroom. Yes, I was that prepared. <laughs> um, and so it was, it was almost, it was almost uneventful, almost anticlimactic, you know, when, um, when it's like, all right, it's time to go. Um, and, you know, they, as, as the countdown sort of nears the, the a time when they're going to open the store and let people get in, you know, the store managers out there trying to really get people excited and, you know, she was, you know, she was shouting things like, I'm going to say, Apple, you're going to shout rocks. Ready? Apple, rocks, Apple, rocks. And just, just stuff like that. Just trying to keep the crowd interested because, you know, it, it, it was two hours just in line right there. Uh, and by the time I, uh, it, by the time it was time to go into the Apple store, there was actually quite a, quite a crowd that had, well, not quite a crowd, but I would say probably at least 60 people or so, um, that had lined up. So I was like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm glad I didn't go and get breakfast or whatever, because then I'd be behind all these people. And so, you know, as, as the countdown sort of approached, eight o'clock, which is when the, again, the store opened, they, it's hard to describe because it's the podcast is in a visual form, but all the employees on the inside were just sort of like lining the center aisle. And I don't know, it was just kind of like the, the clapping and stuff and really excited about, you know, people going in <laughs> Uh, I have a video of this. I might post that again. It's hard to describe, but it was just, there was just a lot of energy in the air. Uh, and, uh, so I, I was one of the, again, one of the first ones to go in, went in, had my ticket. They knew exactly which one I wanted. Went back to the genius bar. It was, there were boxes behind the the counter, cardboard boxes actually labeled with a, a number and then B or W indicating the black or white. And then V W or A for Verizon, AT&T, or Wi-Fi. And so you could sort of see exactly, you know, which which box is which. And it de- definitely looked like they had an ample supply of everything. I think Apple was definitely prepared this time. So got that. Um, the guy really tried to talk me into AppleCare Plus. Unfortunately, I really didn't have the, <laughs> the extra money for it. Um, and I'm kind of thinking that he said that it, it had to be an at the time purchase. Uh, I don't know if that's strictly true. Um, somewhere I heard that it was as long as you were within your returned period that you could buy it. I don't know. That would seem to make sense because in theory you could return your iPad, then go turn around, buy a new one with the Apple care plus. I don't know. Um, yeah, exactly. Because, you know, if they were to deny you it within the return period, they're just going to cause themselves more work. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I presume that I have a little under 14 days, which is the return um, to purchase it. Um, I'm I'm not sure if I will, but I might. <laughs> uh, but it, it was it, I, I was definitely pressured about getting that more than I ever had been before buying iPhones or um, Macs at the store about, about buying Apple care before. I think this is something that they're, they're really trying to push I, for good or bad. I don't know, but it was all, oh, we cover accidental damage. You know, you bring it in, you get a replacement for, I think it was like $45 or something like that, which is, I mean, it seems like a pretty good deal. I don't know how that compares with their standard Apple care though. Well, I think that's a really good point to to bring up is that Apple Care Plus is um, 
something where even if the device gets trashed, you know, like you leave it on top of the roof of your car or it gets, you know, red wine spilled on it or, or whatever the, you know, the warranty obviously doesn't cover accidental damage. So under the old Apple care, there was, you know, can they, you know, bend the rules or is it tough luck and do you have to pay for it? And so the Apple care plus is like a two strikes you're out, right? You, if you go in and there's a problem, it's the same old Apple care. They cover the repair if it's a warranty, but the plus part is, you know, if there's some sort of fault, you know, where, you know, we damage the device, there's a one-time charge. I believe it's 49 or 45, but basically there's a, there's a charge on top, you know, to, to handle that processing or whatever, or to keep you from just, you know, smashing it and going in and saying, I want a new one. Cause you know, for whatever reason, but, um, yeah. I think that's a, it's a, it's a great, um, it's a great program, especially cause accidental, you know, you know, accidental damage to an iPad can be um, two, three, four, five hundred dollars to get it fixed. So, how much does the Apple Care Plus program cost? Mm, I think it was just a smidge under a hundred. It was like eighty nine or ninety nine or something like that. I don't, I don't quite remember. All I knew is because I had actually I had brought cash because again another problem that I had one time at an Apple store was you know I'm there to buy this big thing, swipe my cart. Oh card's not going through. And you don't want to do that if you've been waiting for umpteen hours <laughs> for this product. So I was like, I'm going to be prepared. I'm not going to have a card. I'm going to have the cash, the exact cash amount that I need. So I gave them cash uh, and I didn't have enough for the Apple Care, And so I didn't really pay attention to exactly how much it was. Um, but I think it was something like 89 or 90 something. I don't know. So around there. Um, Obviously, if we we could probably find out and put it in our show notes. So yeah, I, at eight oh four a.m., the date's on my receipt. I was the uh, owner of a new iPad, which is uh, it's really nice. <laughs> That's on the East Coast. I mean, you were probably one of the first fifty or a hundred people in the U.S. in that, the U.S. That, definitely. That bought one. Yeah, um, but the device is really, really good. Uh, the 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 Retina screen, especially, is just fantastic. What do you think of the screen, Mike? Oh, the the screen's unbelievable. Um, it's uh, I told a friend uh, don't don't use one if you don't want to start seeing the blockiness of your original iPad. Um, you know, I have the original iPad. I've used it for you know um, a couple years now, and it never once felt that it was you know inferior. The keyboard was bad, and never noticed the jaggy edges on the Q or the W for instance but as soon as you spend five minutes with the the new iPad with the retina screen just all those things just jump out at you and you, you can't not notice them yeah I I remember that when I got my iPhone 4 uh, and there were still a bunch of apps that had their their old low resolution icons uh, and and graphics in their apps you could you could totally tell and I can totally tell uh, with with the new iPad as well, there are a few apps, a uh, few iPad apps that still haven't upgraded their uh, their icons and graphics, and they stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah, I'm I'm also you know <clears throat> really impressed with with the you know even the apps where they haven't um, redone all of the artwork, um, things like text and lines and renderings, they're just instantly sharper. So it just by using the, the, the SDK, by using the toolkit, um, you know, the developer's work is, is severely lessened for the amount of work they have to do to get ready for the retina. Um, how, how is the graphics performance with the, the higher resolution? Are, do you drop more frames or is it, is it catch up well? Um, I, I, I really don't know how to, to, to measure the, the graphics performance. Um, I'm not a big gamer on there, but it's, incredibly much snappier than my um first generation ipad um, okay it's just it's just night and day faster yeah um i don't really play a whole lot of games and stuff and, and the videos that i've played uh, have played just fine uh actually there's um i don't know if you guys have seen it but there's an, an amazing time lapse uh video it, it's sort of like a, a moving time lapse taken in in places in arizona um really incredibly well done 
Um, and so each frame of this video is, is a, it was a huge photo taken by like a really, like a, like a Canon 7D or something like that. And was then put into a video that was then distributed, uh, on the internet. And I put that on my iPad and it was just incredible. Um, it was, I, 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 it's just so hard to describe that it, it looks like you're looking out a window. It really does. It was, it, the, the screen is, is great. The, the video performance is great. I don't know. I don't really know a whole lot about games because again, I don't play those a lot. I will say tiny wings works amazingly, but that's an iPhone app. But yeah, it's just, it's, I don't know. I like it. So do either of you have the 4g model? I do. Have you tried it compared to the three G on the iPhone? Well, I haven't. I haven't actually activated the four G yet. Oh, okay. um, what I what I have done is so I bought the Verizon model, um, and but before I bought this, actually, I was kind of curious about this, um, but I knew I was going to get Verizon anyway. I was just kind of curious if I could take my iPhone SIM or get or get um, an AT and T iPad SIM and put it in the iPad and have it work on AT&T's 3G network. And turns out this works. Um, I took, I took my, uh, my SIM from my iPhone, put it in my iPad and there was, there was a website you had to go to to change your APN, but that was painless. And then I was, I was just surfing the internet on my AT&T 3G uh, data connection now I mean it said 4G in the corner, but we all know it's really 3G. I, I at some point I will activate the Verizon, um, and I, unfortunately I don't have Verizon LTE where I live right now. But uh, as soon as I get an opportunity, I will be testing that uh, in, <laughs> in the closest LTE um, markets. But uh, I will say over the over the AT and T HSDPA plus. It was it was pretty darn fast as well. So, I mean, and and that's just three G. Kyle, could you walk us through the um, the APN setting? Does that just um, it it guides you through things you tap on the screen or you download a profile? How how does that happen? Yeah. So um, the the you go to a site and then it it had preloaded United States and you just selected the carrier that you wanted. And so I, in this case, I selected AT and T you hit like next or something and it's like, okay, generating APN. And then it, it just automatically downloads. And then you get a little thing that pops up and says, do you want to install this, this carrier profile or something like that? And so you just say yes. And then, and then it just installs it. And then after that, you just pop out the Verizon SIM, put in the AT&T SIM. It takes a little while for it to kind of get its bearings, I guess. Um, maybe a minute or, or two minutes but after that, it, it just works on AT&T. You get the little AT&T up in the corner, get the little 4G that's a lie, uh, and your signal in, um, notifiers, indicators. See, see that, 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 that's just incredible. It blows my mind. So it's using the over-the-air profile manager. Yeah. It's, it's minting a profile. Yep. And in that minute that took a while, AT&T had to register that IMEI, that, that, that hardware identifier, Go ahead and establish service, figure out what the incoming and the outcoming, put that information into their database, and then get it all the way back to the, the, the cell phone um, sites, you know, in Maine, right where you are. And, and that's, just, that's just incredible. I had no idea that so much had to be done on the back end. But yeah, because wow. if, you, if you think back to, you know, how long it took to establish service when you bought an iPhone. You know, back in the original iPhone days or the iPhone 3 or the 3GS, I mean, you remember waiting for 15 minutes, 30 minutes, you know, oh, wow. five minutes just to activate that line. And so, you know, Verizon probably hasn't activated that device yet since you haven't gone through that. Huh. And so it even worked, you know, with a with a non-standard carrier. I'm, I'm really impressed. Yeah, the first time I tried this, I was literally standing in an AT&T store. Mm-hmm. Um and I mean, it didn't take that long. It didn't feel, I mean, you, it was a noticeable wait, but I don't think it was anything more than two or three minutes. Definitely mm-hmm. tops. So that given what you're saying that had to have been done all across the back end, that, that is impressive. 
Um, and switching back to Verizon was a little bit of a, it wasn't quite as easy because I couldn't find a way to directly just delete the APN. Um, so I went through the process of trying to create an APN for Verizon. I think it said that it didn't like it, but then, um, at that point I was in the, like some sort of like the right screen where I could delete the original APN that I had installed. And so that brought it back to Verizon. Mm. Um, so it's not, it's not a completely smooth transition, but it's certainly, you know, certainly something you can do if you need to. Um, and I think that that, that makes this device probably one of the most versatile devices on the market because it can operate on Verizon and AT&T. Yeah. I would add two things to that. Um, the first being that just a simple restore of the device, you know, would hopefully put the Verizon back in. Oh yeah. Um, I don't think the APN would come in from your backup. Um, yeah, probably not. I just, you know, I didn't want to go through that. (laughs) Yeah. And the second thing is, you know, if you look at the marketing information, that's not supposed to happen. So, I know in the past that, you know, that was something that worked for a while on the iPhone 4 with the Sprint. You could pop in another card, but then there was later an update to kind of lock that down. But if you read the, um, you know, the description, any any card other than AT&T, any international card, so, you know, Rogers or O2 or, you know, wherever you are in Europe, you should be able to just pop that micro SIM in and not have to mess with anything. Yeah, And, and- the, the Verizon iPad should just take those international SIM cards without any of them on business. And it, it just occurs to me that it could be that I had not activated this on Verizon yet. Hmm. And that once, if I do, once I do, maybe there's some firmware on the device that whenever it sees a Verizon signal, it'll always pick Verizon. So maybe I'm just sort of delaying the inevitable, but if it works for me right now. I've, I think I've done it twice. Hmm. I did it once in the AT&T store and then I did it a few hours later. Uh, in my apartment and both times, you know, within a few minutes I was able to switch between carriers. So, uh, yeah, it was really good. Although I think we're probably spending a little, a little too much time on that one particular aspect of the iPad. Well, I'll, I'll get a quick, uh, quick answer into, I did go with the Verizon as well. Oh, yes. Um, and, um, for me, the, the factor was the fact that the tethering was a built in thing. I, I, I really liked that I could, tether my my verizon data um you know whereas at&t is not clear whether they're going to include that or there's going to be an extra fee yeah that was my thinking as well um i got verizon because i believe that they'll probably have a um lte in my area sooner than at&t uh just given the sheer number of markets that verizon has rolled out so far and that they plan to roll out in in this next year versus at&t's and also the tethering um those are the two reasons why i picked verizon so but the fact that it, it can also do AT&T is, was sort of like a nice bonus as well. So I think for me, one of, one of the features that I really like, it's sort of, it's sort of tied in with the screen. But I, I don't think a whole lot of people mention just how good this is as a PDF reader. The original iPads were good as PDF readers, but the screen was... It had the screen had you know a decent number of pixels for most of the stuff you wanted to do, but for rendering a whole page of text, especially if it was very small, um, you you still ended up having to do a lot of kind of zooming and and, and panning around uh, if you had uh, PDFs that were sort of formatted that way. But with this new screen, I can I can I can read basically any any PDF that I've had so far. Uh, so that I've tried so far on here, uh, it just eats them up. Do you do you use your iPad for PDFs a lot, Mike? Oh, absolutely. Um, I was just thinking whether you use uh, iBooks to uh, to read them or another one, but um, you know I've got a lot of very long five hundred page PDFs, you know, inside my iBooks library, and that's one of the things you know that came to my mind when Nathan asked, "Hey, is it faster?" and so yeah, the GPU probably is really helping render the the, the books and the page turns, but it's just uh, again, it's it's. I didn't need it. Um, I'm not looking in a you know. I don't have a lot of foreign languages. I don't have a lot of um, math equations. But now that I see how much better it is, it's just like wow. Yeah, um, I I'm kind of weird in that 
when I try to get a, uh, a digital version of a book, I, I really want it to be exactly like the, the print version. Um, and unfortunately there really aren't a whole lot of digital versions that are like facsimiles of the print versions available. A lot of times if you, you know, if you go onto Amazon and get their Kindle version, it's usually some sort of mangled, uh, poorly formatted, um, thing that you, you know, you're definitely, you, you know, you're missing a lot of, uh, of the original sort of, uh, layout formatting and personality of the book when you go that way. Um, but one, one publisher that does, that is very faithful to producing PDF versions of all of, I don't, I don't know if it's all their books, but certainly a lot is, is O'Reilly actually. Um, and yeah, actually programming, programming books are, are even more important to maintain the formatting of because there's a lot of stuff that's, you know, there's indented text and, uh, fixed with text versus variable with text and, and stuff like that, that it's, it's important to keep all that formatting intact. Uh, and, and so, uh, for now, for example, right now I'm looking at the, the PDF version of, uh, the Ruby pro- programming language, which I actually read, uh, in dead tree form just a few months ago. And it is exactly the same. And I can see the pages perfectly well there. It's crisp. It's nice. I can flip between the pages almost immediately. Uh, I honestly, I think that I'm probably going to go through my book collection, um, although I don't have that many, uh, and get rid of everything that I can possibly put on the iPad. Indeed, Nathan, do you do you use the iPad much? I have never used one. Okay, because I was, more I than was um, a few seconds now. Yeah, as a um, a student, it'd be really interesting to hear. Um, you know, how you've seen it used or not used. Um, but it'd be tough to, to speculate if you don't have one yet. I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to be getting one, I think, soon, hopefully. So I will report back. But Oh, my fingers are crossed. Uh, maybe you'll, get one maybe you'll win it in the contest. We should mm-hmm. mention, we should mention there's a contest. Well, it, it's, it's tough to describe it as a contest because it's one of those things where if you meet these certain criteria, you get the thing. So it's not like, oh, well, I'll just enter in this giant raffle and there's no way I'm going to ever win. No, if you, I don't know, what, what are the criteria? I, I don't want to misquote here. Level one, I think, is um, 20 questions or twenty questions or answers with at least two upvotes each. And Yeah, well, uh, technically that's level two. But okay, so 20 questions or answers with at least two points each. And then four of the questions or answers have a score of have at least four, um, share 10 posts. So the shared link has to be clicked on by at least five unique IPs. Um, and you have to vote what? 10 times, 20 times, 20 times. You do that. You get an uh, iPod touch fourth generation and are entered into the raffle for an iPad. Yeah. There's a raffle for the iPad. Oh, look, it look, it looks like stuff has now reached level two. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, I think this is just a fabulous, um, promotion because there are the three levels, right? There's the level one, the level two and the level three and each one that you go past, you do get actually a physical good. And the other thing that I really love is they, they kind of put out, you know, Hey, we intend to give away this many of these. Right. And it, it it always is like, Oh, great. They're going to give away and an iPad and there's no fixed end date. And so they might have millions and millions of people entering and do they really ever give it away? But this doesn't give me that feeling at all. I, I, you know, I really think this is a, a great opportunity for a lot of people to participate and, and, and really spread the word about the site, but also um, benefit from that effort greatly. Yeah. So, all right. So the first level uh, is ask or answer four questions um, and share one post. Uh, this is on ask different. Um, and the, your questions slash answers have to have at least a score of two. Um, and again, the share has to be clicked on by at least, um, five IPs. And I think that's it, isn't it? Just those two things. So you do those two things pretty easy. Um, and you're entered to win, you're entered in a raffle to win an iPad. And there's currently only three, six, nine, 13 people. So if you enter right now, I mean, obviously there'll be more people later, but if you entered right now and no one else entered, it'd be a one in 14 chance. 
I mean, those are some pretty good odds. Um, we should mention the contest is over April 4th, some right in that range, first week of April. And so you've got, you've got time even if you haven't started yet. Yeah. Anyway, so that's first level, second level, and the third level. Um, if you're interested in this, um, it's basically more of the same. Just you got to have more questions, more answers, more votes. Uh, and you earn uh, a new iPad, um, which is, I think, fantastic. You know, the fact that, you know, stack exchanges, you know, they're not, it's not some, some generic raffle or something like that. And it's not some it's kind of token prize. No, they are, they are giving away real iPads as real as the one I have in my hands to people that meet these criteria. So if you want one, it's yours for the taking. Yeah. <clears throat> the other thing that I think is, is really nice is they've, they've opened this up worldwide and they've said, Hey, you know, we know shipping can be difficult, but um, we intend to, to ship this to you where you are. And if for some reason we can't do that, you know, we'll see whether you can get the iPad and then we'll reimburse you. So um, this is this is open to, to people around the globe, and uh, you know I really look forward to seeing a lot of people uh, get entered. Even though it dilutes my chance to get an iPad, I'd I'd rather have more people entering. Yeah, same here. I I, I really want to get the word out on the on this contest, um, both directly and also uh, through the because through the individual shares that you have to do for the individual levels. Um, so, yeah, I, I tweeted about it when the contest started, but I'm going to see if I can pursue some other avenues just to uh, to make sure that everyone that may remotely be interested in this uh, knows about it. <laughs> and yes, if you do see a lot of links from me on my Twitter feed, uh, linking to ask different posts, that's why, because I got to get my shares in. But hopefully you'll find them interesting. Uh, I've really, I've taken a lot of effort to to comb through some of ask difference, you know, kind of hidden gems, greatest posts kind of, uh, to, to come up with some things that I think that people will be interested in. Um, and I think that that is probably a good strategy. Don't, don't try to get all your 20 shares or whatever for the iPad uh, in one day, you know, go through, you know, find some things that you, that your friends would be interested in. Uh, and just like, you know, drop a few a day, you know, one, two, whatever. I mean, the contest runs for three weeks, and to to win the iPad, to earn the iPad, you only need to share, have a total of twenty shares. So that's less than a share a day. So don't spam your friends. Spam your enemies. Exactly. Well, as long as your enemies will click on your posts, that's the only thing that matters. <laughs> even, even better. Yeah. So, what else is there to say about this iPad? Um. Well, there was a public announcement uh, that uh, three million were sold during the opening weekend. Yeah, that was absolutely incredible. So, do they still have some for sale? Yeah, actually, they do. Um, this is this is something that I am that I, I really like. Um, part of the problem with these Apple an- announcements and and um, first day sale events is that they always go. They always used to go big announcement, you know, lines out the door, you know, you got to wait in line for eight hours just to get in the store to, to, to buy one. Um, and then half the people have to go home because they've sold out and then they've, they're sold out for the next three weeks. But this time they've planned ahead. They've worked out whatever they needed to work out in their supply chain to actually be able to deliver these iPads, not only to everyone that pre-ordered them, but to have a very generous supply in stores for the people that want to actually buy them. So I don't know, I don't know what they worked out, but it worked, you know, this time <laughs> the experience of, of, of getting a new Apple device was actually positive for me, which is, I will say a little unusual. Yeah, definitely in, in, in our market here, the uh, two stores that I checked still had stock on, uh, on Sunday and, and have stock today, even though the website says ships in two to three weeks. If you, if you make an online order right now, I think that's the way to do it. Um, make sure that the stores are well stocked and then the people online, they'll just place their orders and they'll just come when they come. But if someone takes the time and effort to go to the store, you know, have something there for them, you know? Absolutely. 
So, um, what kind of apps are you uh, are you rocking, Mike? What kind of things are you? You know, obviously you've had an iPad for a while, but you know, is there anything in particular that the new iPad uh, has made much better? Uh, browsing browsing the web and getting getting real work done. Um, the the managing photos in iPhoto is definitely something that's going to make me. Um, not need to carry my laptop around as much. Um, and I'm in the process of, of moving my business away from a 15 inch MacBook pro, um, to an iPad and a, probably an 11 inch air. And, um, you know, I, I expect this iPad to be my primary working device for, for scheduling, billing, um, contacts, pretty much, you know, everything that, that I need to do from a productivity standpoint is going to be iPad first. So what about typing? Do you need a Bluetooth keyboard or is the built-in keyboard good enough for? I need a Bluetooth keyboard. Um, I'm pretty darn good on the, on the, the screen. Um, but I'm, I'm much faster with the, the physical keyboard, but the, the wrench here is, um, the voice dictation is really amazing. And, um, I'm just still getting my brain wrapped around the fact that I can just talk to this thing. And, I love that um, on the iPhone. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm going to be the crazy guy talking to his iPad in the in the coffee shop. Um, I think before very long. <laughs> um, so hopefully, I have to find a, a an office where people don't have to listen to me dictating my work. Yeah, the dictation is surprisingly good. Um, I haven't had <laughs> I haven't had a whole lot of t- uh, opportunity to test that over the last few days because my voice has been gone, um, almost gone. Um, but of what I did test, it was pretty pretty darn accurate. Um, what I now I realize these aren't necessarily you know iPad three specific, but um, I really I really like um, things like Tweetbot. Uh, I have not found a good a really good uh, Twitter app for the Mac that I'm you know that I really like. I, I, I'm currently using Osphora, but there are, it's unstable and there's many things that I, I don't particularly care for. Uh, and so I've now, I, I'm now going to completely ch- uh, switch over all my, uh, Twitter reading interaction, whatever to, um, uh, to the iPad and uh tweet is the reason why, uh, I like reader, which syncs with Google reader as well as, you know, syncs through Google reader to the reader app on my Mac for reading stories. Uh, I guess it's kind of just for me a little bit of like a bigger iPhone, but using the bigger screen um, as as a, as the ability to to display more things or the same thing but in more detail. For me, there's not really a whole lot of features on here that are explicitly going to replace my computer. Um, not that I haven't tried, but. I just there for example today I I was out and about with this iPad and by the end I was like wow you know if, if only this thing had uh a keyboard and something to protect the screen like that I can like fold over the screen um to protect it while I'm carrying it around did you get a smart cover I, no I didn't but I can um and maybe maybe I'd really like the fact, like if it could run multiple apps at the same time and I could switch between them, you know, to see them on, on the screen simultaneously. Basically I ended up describing to myself that I really wanted a Mac. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that for casual use, it's, it's absolutely phenomenal. And for, for the case of reading specifically, yeah, reading websites, reading tweets, uh, reading news, uh, reading PDFs and books, it's going to be my go-to device. But I, I look forward to exploring other potential uses for it as well. Oh, I also really like GarageBand. I know that's been out for a year, but that is a phenomenally, <laughs> remarkably well-done app. I like to just sort of go in there and play around, even though I'm not I'm not a musician. I just, yeah. you know, set it, set it on smart guitar and just, you know... There goes the C chord. There's the G chord. It's just nice. Yeah, the iLife Suite, the GarageBand, the iPhoto, and the iMovie are just, just they're stellar on the new iPad. Yeah. 
Um, I'll go ahead and um, expand a little bit. Um, I was looking at the the layout, and I really haven't even you know played around with this. But um, I did not put my backup of my old iPad onto the new one because I kind of wanted to consciously put things on. And these are the first five apps that I put on. I put on one password, screens by Adovia. It's a VNC client. Um, prompt um, by the Panic Guys. It's an SSH client. Agenda and FileMaker Go. And so those were kind of the the mandatory things. Oh, plus you know Keynote numbers and pages. Those were the mandatory things that I you know got on there. Oh, one more thing, Instapaper. Um, uh-huh. Between between those you know handful of apps. Um, I've got Twitterific, um, and then, you know, some, some web shortcuts. That's, that's the iPad, uh, experience. That's, those are the things that I needed to, to start working with it. So just, just a few things. That's, that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Um, I, I have found that some, some apps are nothing more than blown up versions of their iPad, iPhone apps. Um, and agenda is one of them. I open up agenda and it's just, big text that's looks exactly the same as my iPhone. <laughs> I suppose it works, you know, but I think that they could have done something a little more clever with this. Yeah. I, I really like the, uh, I really like the, um, the year view. And, and, and again, no one calendar is doing everything I need. I still use the built-in calendar for many, many things, but um, the agenda just, you know, fills a few, a few needs that I have to look at the calendar data in a little different way than the way it's presented um, by the Apple calendar. So, you know, just being able to switch back and forth is, is very convenient for me. Yeah. I, um, I saw it recommended on, um, I, I don't know, was it the Brooks review or something? Um, it was 99 cents or something, some ridiculously low price. I'm like, that looks like a good app. And, I kind of, you know, it would be nice to have a better calendar and I picked it up and I don't use it a whole lot, but, uh, I, I, I can definitely see why some people would cause you know, it, it does, it does display stuff, um, in, uh, in a very sort of minimalist way. So my concern about this is that it's, it's a lot bigger than a phone, smaller than a laptop, of course, but it's, it's big enough that I'm worried it would get heavy after using it for a while. Have you guys found that or is it stay pretty, pretty manageable? Well, I've found that the weight stays constant. Um, no matter how much I use it, the weight does stay constant. Uh, I, of course, am badly making a joke here. No, um, it, it it is a little much to do one-handed sometimes, but two, two-handed, it's great. Like a, a lot of people will say, oh yeah, I, I like the Kindle because I can use it one-handed. Well, um, that's great, but if you think about what the Kindle replaced, paperback books and and hardcover books. Not many of those you could really do one-handed. I suppose you could sort of splay the pages out, you know, in your hand, but you still need your other hand to, to flip the pages. Um, so it, it, for, for things like reading and stuff, it's very natural just to hold it with two hands. And when you're holding it with two hands, um, it, it, it's not heavy at all. I can hold this all day with two hands. Um, the only time when it, it is a little, a little annoying is when you're trying to, you know, like watch a like you're 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 in bed or something. You're trying to watch a movie on it. You know you gotta kind of kind of prop it up and hold it up and and you know maybe sort of keep it above the blankets a little bit and that gets a little annoying. But uh, I suppose if I if I really cared about that, I'd I'd actually invest in a TV. Yeah, I totally agree. It's um, my original um, first generation iPad is, you know, I'm just, I'm used to that. Right. And so in that case, you know, where you're laying down on the couch or laying down in bed, you do, you know, get some fatigue at, you know, 30 minutes to an hour and, you know, find yourself fidgeting. And so depending on how many pushups you do each week, you know, you may or may not, you know, may or may not become fatigued by holding it up. Um, the thing I really notice is this thing really puts out some heat compared to, um, the previous, uh, two generations. Um, you know, it, it, it does, you know, chew through the battery in eight or nine hours if you, you know, have some really intense stuff. And um, you can really feel where the CPU and GPU are in the case because it does warm up a lot more than the, the original one in my experience. I'm used yeah. to a plastic MacBook. I'm sure I'll be fine. <laughs> oh, you'll be delighted at how cool this is. Yeah, just be, sh- just be glad there's no flash on this. 
which is something that that actually disappointed me. Um, not fl- Adobe Flash. There's no camera flash. Oh. They all just talk about a better camera, and there's no flash. So no flashlight. No. I guess the screen's big enough it could be decent. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, all those pixels being more light. That's what they keep saying, but actually, <laughs> I've I've been distinctly underwhelmed by this supposedly awesome camera. <laughs> um, uh, maybe I'm just it could be decent. I, yeah, I guess. Um, All those pixels being more light. That's what I, they keep saying, but <laughs> actually, I've I've been distinctly underwhelmed by this supposedly awesome camera. <laughs> um, uh, maybe I'm just using it in relatively low light situations. I mean, but it's not that low light. I mean, I've got, I've got it like a window and even during the day, you know, I'm getting a lot of just noise in my images. They didn't know. mention on the, the 4S camera, they mentioned that it was a really fast, it was like F 2.4 or some, somewhere down there, really, really fast, uh, fast lens. And they didn't mention that for this one. So I was kind of wondering if it was a, a, a smaller aperture. Sounds like it is. That Good I don't know. That's... I'll get you, I'll get you that for the show notes. I'll, uh, I'll okay. sneak into it some image and get you the the F rating for this camera. All right. Well, I think we've hit the highlights of that. Uh, now I'm going to be reviewing my unit. Um, I'm not sure when that's going to go up, but you know, kind of stay tuned to the blog for that. And also, if you have questions about the the new iPad, please ask on Ask Different. Again, I I mentioned earlier that I favorited that tag, and and I still have it favorited. So so if you tag your your question, uh, new iPad, at least that's what it's called right now. Um, I'll, uh, I'll hopefully see that and, and maybe, uh, maybe I can, I can help you out. You can subscribe to this podcast via RSS 